You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, editor of NittanyLionsWire.com on the USA Today Sports Media Group and, of course, a contributor to Athlon Sports. Happy to be with you here. As always, we want to give you a quick reminder that if you want to get some more information on all things Big Ten, there's simply no better place to go than with Big Ten Ben Stevens over on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And just throwing this out there right now, I'm going to be on there tomorrow. We're going to talk some win totals for Big Ten East teams, so make sure you check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. As for today's episode, I want to share some thoughts about how much more confidence I have in the running back position at Penn State. And I feel like I'm gaining more and more confidence as we go throughout the course of this offseason. And I'm beginning to think it might actually be the strength of this Penn State offense in 2021. I'll get into that in our first segment. Today is Twitter Tuesday, and in segment number two, I'm going to highlight one of the tweets that's been put out there by an Oklahoma fan who is doing a yeoman's work this offseason, putting together a daily list, it looks like, uh, highlighting the best of, the worst of, of all the different schools out there. Uh, he's got a different chart every day. I want to throw one out your way and get your reactions to one of the ones that I saw uh, because I just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when I saw it. I want to hear what you guys have to say as well. And we do have a Twitter mailbag question on our Twitter Tuesday, hashtag Twitter Tuesday, that was submitted to us. We'll dig into that. And, of course, you are always invited and encouraged to participate in Twitter Tuesday every week. We do it every Tuesday where we really dig into the Twitter mailbag when necessary. We do sprinkle in some questions and comments throughout the week, too. So always feel free to interact with us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany. Of course, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and over on Twitch, all using the same username of LockedOnNittany. And the obligatory reminder that this podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. So if you haven't downloaded or updated that app on your phone now, now's a great time to do it because not only do you get access to Locked On Nittany Lions, but you also get a chance to hear Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Today, Locked On Bets, all the great stuff across the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, including a wide range of of other podcasts that may be of interest to you as well. So the Odyssey app is one of the go-to places for me as far as my podcasting listening is concerned, but we're also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts, all the big names that are out there. Of course, if you want to help us out a little bit more, not only just follow us, but leave us a rating, leave us a review wherever those are available. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of it and tweet it to us at Locked on Nittany so we can give you a special shout-out at some point during the week. We always do like to highlight some of our top fans on the Friday edition of the podcast as well. So if you send us those five-star reviews and make sure that we know that you submitted one, we will be more likely to give you a special shout-out towards the end of the week. But lots of stuff to get into in today's episode, so let's dig in right now. And as I said in the intro, I'm gaining more and more confidence in the Penn State running game going into the upcoming season. And this was actually one of the strengths that I saw that Penn State was going to have last year. Of course, going into the season, we expected that Journey Brown and Noah Kane were going to be one of the most dynamic running back duos uh, potentially in the Big Ten, maybe even the nation, especially given what we saw from Journey Brown at the end of uh, the 2019 season in that Cotton Bowl performance against Memphis. Unfortunately, of course, Journey Brown had to retire from the uh, sport of football, 
still wishing him the best of luck in all of his endeavors moving forward. But obviously a health concern takes higher priority over playing football. And then Noah King got injured right as soon as the 2020 season eventually got started at Indiana. So all of a sudden you're looking at guys like Devin Ford and Kevon Lee really stepping into some big shoes or in a hurry. And they weren't necessarily prepared for that kind of moment. And that's not really a knock on them because you know, certainly they were supposedly down on the depth chart. And while they are good quality running backs, as far as I'm concerned, asking them to make up for the loss of Journey Brown and Noah Kane right out of the gates of the season, that's a little bit too much to ask, I think, for some of those younger guys. But they got the experience. They got a chance to kind of go through some of the highs and lows of the season. Uh, Kevon Lee, as a freshman, ended up leading the year as Penn State's leading rusher with just under 500 yards, four touchdowns. And he certainly showed his burst against the Michigan Wolverines with 131 rushing yards and a touchdown. That was his big game of the year. It really kind of inflated the stats a little bit. But you got a chance to see these younger guys get into the mix. And even though you've got a new offensive coordinator this year, Mike Yurcich, I still think that he is wise enough to know that he has some pretty good uh, horses to rely on running the football. So as much as we focus on what uh, Mike Yurcich is going to do for Sean Clifford at the quarterback position and what's going to happen with these wide receivers, the tight end, the offensive line, this running back situation is pretty decent as well. I'm not going to sit here and say that Penn State has the best running back room in the country. I, I think there are some other schools that are out there that could certainly make that claim, maybe Georgia. But I think as far as the talent that Penn State does have accumulated, it's pretty darn good and it's pretty darn deep. And so we already know Kevon Lee led the team last year as a freshman. I'm not saying that he's going to be the leading rusher this year. I don't even know if he would be the primary running back because if Noah Kane is healthy, I fully expect that Noah Kane will be the lead guy, but Kevon Lee certainly has proven to be a, a valuable asset to the running game with his power and his agility, his versatility. Uh, a lot to like about Kevon Lee in the years to come here at Penn State and certainly seeing him lead the team in rushing last year. That's a confidence boost. Now, Devin Ford obviously had some moments that I'm sure he would like to have back last year and that's part of the growing experience and uh, from what we've seen out of the spring it looks like he's been working pretty hard too so uh, that's another running back option that you could probably uh, feel pretty confident in I think going into the new year and of course they added John Lovett the running back from Baylor uh, adding some veteran leadership and certainly a guy that can uh, make a home run play as well and that's one of the things that James Franklin said during the spring football practices, he was looking forward to seeing if John Lovett was going to be a home run threat because if he gets off and running, uh, he can be difficult to stop. So no real major game changers. And there's nobody here on this roster that's going to run for 150, 200 yards on a regular basis. But with these four names that I just mentioned combined, you've got a really good stable of running backs to rely on. You can mix it up. You don't have to burden one player with the majority of the snaps and the running duties. You can splice it up. You can you know, spread the ball around a little bit. You can get everybody involved and keep those legs fresh. And, you know, come the fourth quarter in some games, that could be huge, especially if this offensive line is going to live up to some of the hype that it's been getting this offseason. This running game, I think, for Penn State could be very, very good in 2021.
And you know what else is very, very good in 2021? It's buying all of your auto parts from rockauto.com. That's right, rockauto.com. They are the family business that have been serving auto parts to the customers online for over 20 years. How is that possible? Because they make buying anything you need for your car or truck as easy and painless as possible. All you have to do is go to their website, rockauto.com. You enter the make and model of your vehicle, and it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available specifically for you. That's right. No going into the store. No looking at all those little cross-reference guides in the middle of the aisle, hoping that somebody either comes to help you or just doesn't come to help you. You know how the salespeople can be. It is a very easy process, and it's very easy easy to see why people keep coming back to rockauto.com best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Doing a little bit something different on this Twitter Tuesday, I wanted to find a tweet that I found online and share it with you guys and get some of your reactions. So always feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany. So today I wanted to bring to your attention a tweet put out by an Oklahoma fan who goes by the name Big Game Boomer. I apologize, I don't know his real name, so if he happens to be listening to this or anybody does know that information, please feel free to update me so that I can give him the proper respect that is due. But he goes uh, on his Twitter profile, he says he's an OU alum, he's a college football junkie, 24-7 college football rankings guru. Not really sure who gave him that title, but I will give it to him because he has been spending plenty of time this offseason putting together various college football rankings. And there's a really a wide range of topics that he covers. He goes with best position players, best returning players by position. He has even gone down the rabbit hole of naming the best places to eat in various college towns. And the list that he put out there the other day was the best and worst tradition for every school. And I say every school, but I think it's every power conference school. I haven't actually looked in-depthly at the entire list, but it does look as though every power conference program is probably represented in this list. If I missed anybody, I apologize. But if you're curious what he feels is the best tradition at Penn State, it is the whiteout. The whiteout game has become a surging tradition at Penn State, and it is really used to signify exactly which game is the biggest game on the schedule. And we've gotten to a point now where we kind of assume that because Ohio State and Michigan alternate their trips back and forth with Penn State, uh, Penn State gets a home game against Ohio State one year, they get Michigan the next year, and it goes back and forth between those two schools. You kind of expect that that game is, by default, going to be labeled the whiteout game, and that typically comes with a primetime atmosphere. So it, it plays well on TV, and it is certainly generated a lot of enthusiasm within the fan base uh, everybody gets behind a good whiteout so it really has become one of the better traditions at Penn State I don't know if I would say it's the best tradition at Penn State I would love to hear what you guys have to say but it is certainly a very widely recognized and respected tradition that Penn State has developed in more recent memory I guess it's not something that's been around for years and decades but it has lasted a little while now, and it will show no sign of going away. And I think if you're already looking forward to this upcoming season, uh, obviously Michigan is going to be coming into Penn State, but I think that Auburn game has to be a whiteout atmosphere. Um, we'll, we'll get to a point where we know the actual kickoff times, but 
I think whatever time that Auburn game is, that's got to be a whiteout game as far as I'm concerned. Or you know what? Have two whiteouts this year. Have one against Auburn and have one against Michigan. Who, who's who's here to limit how many whiteouts you have in a year? Uh, but yeah, the whiteout is certainly among the best traditions I think that Penn State has offering. And the worst tradition, as far as this guy is concerned, is Nittanyville. Uh, obviously started off as Paternoville, changed its name to Nittanyville. We won't get into the whole reason why, but uh, he says that Nittanyville is the worst tradition and... I'm not really sure why. It, again, this is a relatively new thing, uh, so it's kind of uh, kind of gone hand in hand with the Whiteout games. But you know, Nittanyville has become the little camp out location for students lining up uh, to get the front row seats in Beaver Stadium. As soon as those uh, student section seats open up on game day, it's a pretty cool tradition. Is it the worst tradition at Penn State? What is the worst tradition at Penn State, or what should label what the worst tradition is at any school? I honestly don't know what I would say the answer to what is the worst tradition at Penn State is or any other school. So I leave this to you guys. Reach out to me on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and let me know what you think is the best tradition at Penn State and the worst tradition at Penn State. And I will throw this caveat out there. I do think that he changed this list because I looked at it earlier in the day and it said that the worst tradition was the we are chant. And he must have gotten some blowback from that because when I went to go ahead and record the episode of this podcast, I went to double check the list so I can make sure I had everything right. And there was a new worst tradition there. So it went from the We Are chant to Nittanyville. Now, I think the, the We Are chant, I think I knew where he was going because he, if you look at some of the other worst traditions there, it's a lot of fight songs that get played all the time during games for some schools. And maybe the We Are chant was kind of thrown into the same logic there. It gets a little nauseating. And I get that. But I think, obviously, if you look into the deeper history behind the origin of the We Are chant, there's certainly uh, much more uh, meaning behind it and uh, I think maybe maybe that was brought to light maybe that he felt the need to change it uh, because of the history behind the whole we are chant there is much more tradition and history behind the we are chant than just simply fans saying we are you know I, I feel like maybe he got some blowback from that so I'm just guessing I don't know I don't know exactly what the logic was here but he says that Nittanyville is the worst Penn State tradition <laughs> Just to throw this out there, I, I thought this was funny. Okay, so the worst tradition he has for the Pitt Panthers is quietest stadium. I mean, honestly, I think that's the best tradition that Pitt has, but yeah, that's another story for another day. But if you want to check out the whole list of all the, the best traditions and worst traditions, I will share that tweet in the show notes. I'll also give it a retweet over on Locked on Nittany so you guys get a sense of what some of the other best and worst traditions that he feels are. Uh, so you can see where the Penn State traditions of uh, best whiteout or best tradition being a whiteout and the worst tradition being Nittanyville. See where that stacks and compares to some of the other ones that he has listed there. Maybe there's a pattern here. I don't know. If you can figure it out, let me know. Well, the NHL is moving into the postseason, which means the chase for the Stanley Cup is now officially on. So, of course, the first thing I did was head over to betonline.ag and figure out exactly who has the best odds to win it all this year. Well, according to BetOnline, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup right now is the Colorado Avalanche. You can get them at plus 450 on the board. They're followed by the Toronto Maple Leafs at plus 575 as the playoffs are going to get underway. Now, I'm a Flyers fan, so I'm playing the sad trombone today, but if you're a Penguins fan or a Bruins or Capitals fan, 
your team's got plus 1200 odds to win it all that's not a bad bet to make i might place a couple bucks on the penguins to win it all this year at plus 1200 why not Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action. You can get all the latest news and odds right from BetOnline at BetOnline.ag. So head to the website right now on your laptop or your desktop or even on your phone at BetOnline.ag and sign up today for a free account. And then receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Folks, that is free money. You listen to the Locked On Bets podcast. They're going to help you take advantage of that offer and cash out some big winnings for you. And it all starts at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of today's episode, and of course, it is Twitter Tuesday. So we're going to dig into that Twitter mailbag and see what questions you have for us. One question today comes from Adam Dubbin, who's actually the editor over on Gators Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group. He's actually helped me out tremendously with all the growth that we're trying to put into nitmelionswire.com. So if you want to get some more Penn State coverage, head on over there after this podcast or while you're listening to this podcast or while you're on a break from work, whatever the case may be, we've got all your Penn State content needs at nitmelionswire.com. And Adam's been a tremendous help. So I figured why not answer the question that he has served up for me today. And his question is... Does Penn State miss Justin Shorter yet? Well, you know what, Adam? I'm just going to come right out and say it. I think that's a little bit of a low blow. (laughs) Obviously, Justin Shorter was one of the highly touted uh, high school recruits that came to Penn State a couple years back, uh, was a really good wide receiver prospect for James Franklin. He is the player who caught the game-winning touchdown against Iowa from Trace McSorley a couple years back in Iowa City on the final play of the game. It was the weird walk-off victory for Penn State. Uh, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience because we had never seen Penn State win a game on the final play of the game uh, with a touchdown. So that was a pretty cool moment, and obviously Justin Shorter had a lot of talent, and he decided to leave Penn State for another opportunity. He ended up with the Florida Gators, where he's going to be continuing to be a, a fixture in that Dan Mullen offense, and obviously it's a good fit for him. I, re- I really do feel like uh, Justin Shorter in Florida, it's a good pairing. Uh, obviously, not having Justin Shorter around kind of led the door opening to who exactly what's going to happen with the wide receiver position, uh, certainly last season. Jahad Dotson obviously is the guy that stepped up in his place, and I'm not saying that Jahad Dotson is better than Justin Shorter or Justin Shorter is better than Jahad Dotson. I would love to have them both on the same team, but bottom line is Jahad Dotson has proven that he is more than capable of being the big PLA wide receiver that Penn State needs. Now it's really just a matter of developing some of those other wide receivers around him. And that's been one of the storylines we've been following going into this upcoming season. And it's something that I've said before. I think the wide receivers are going to be much more of a strength for this team. I know earlier in this podcast we were talking, or I was talking about uh, how much I feel like the running game is going to be the biggest strength for Penn State, but I think the wide receiver position as a whole is going to be a difference maker for Penn State this year. I don't think I have nearly as many questions about the wide receiver position as some other people do, and I certainly have come a long way with looking at this wide receiver position from where we were a year ago, where I thought it was a big question mark. I don't think it's as nearly as big of a question mark now for Penn State going into the new season. And I think with some of the other guys that will continue to develop and kind of uh, work their way into becoming uh, more comfortable with Mike Yersich's offense and, and Sean Clifford being a comfortable passer in this new system, I think things are going to be pretty fun to watch. 
so I really do feel like, yeah, it's Justin Shorter missed, obviously. I mean, with that kind of talent, it's uh, very difficult to replace. And that's why you have to go through developing some of these younger guys a little faster and getting them ready to step into some big situations because you don't have a guy like Justin Shorter around. Jahad Dotson's great. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have them both, like I said. But obviously, I feel as though uh, Justin Shorter it was, a, it was a little bit of a tough miss, I think, for Penn State when he left for Florida. But I think all things considered right now, they're in an okay spot overall. So, yeah, I think he's missed, but I don't know if it's necessarily something that's going to hold Penn State back too much. And I certainly don't mean that to be disrespectful of Justin Shorter. I just feel as though one wide receiver uh, can be a difference maker in a positive way, but I don't think not having him around is too much of a negative that's really going to drag the team down and hold them back from some bigger opportunities for a rebound season. Anyway, go back to what we were talking about in yesterday's podcast and continue that conversation along because uh, Athlon Sports' roundtable, I believe, is up now where we're kind of chiming in on whether or not Penn State or Michigan is going to have the bigger opportunity for a rebound season in 2021. You guys all know where I stand on that when I think that Penn State is going to have the, the better opportunity. They do have a difficult schedule, but it kind of balances out between Penn State and Michigan, and Penn State will get Michigan at home. That could obviously be the swing game. I think Penn State's going to be a much better team in 2021. I think they could get off to a really good start. But again, I'm not ready to break down the schedules just yet. But can you tell I'm getting excited? Can you tell I am getting ready for Penn State football, which is going to return in four months? I say four months right now. It sounds like it's a long time, but it's really going to fly by. If there's one thing I have learned uh, covering college football and doing a college football podcast, it is that the summer will fly by pretty quickly. Once it gets rolling, it's going to be gone before you know it. So let's not rush through the summer. I'm certainly not going to sit here and try to rush you through anything you've got planned for the summer. And hopefully everybody's going to make the most of the summer after last year. But I do think that uh, college football is going to be here very quickly. It's going to creep up on you before you know it. You're going to be sitting around on Saturdays watching Penn State, watching the rest of the Big Ten and all the other action going on around the country. All right, so earlier I gave you some of the Stanley Cup odds on Bet Online. Well, today on the Locked On Today podcast, they're asking the big question about the NBA playoffs. Do the New York Knicks have what it takes to go on a playoff run? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Make sure you follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're doing that, make sure you're following Locked On Nittany Lions on the Odyssey app. Make sure you're following Locked On Big Ten on the Odyssey app. A reminder, I will be on the Locked On Big Ten podcast tomorrow with Big Ten Ben Stevens, so make sure you check that out. We're going to have some fun on that episode. And, of course, there will be a new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions in the pot for tomorrow as well. So get that Odyssey app. Follow the Locked On Today, follow Locked On Big Ten, and follow Locked On Nittany Lions, and follow all the Locked On podcasts that are covering all of your favorite teams as well. And of course, we're available on every other podcasting app out there as well, so make sure you follow if you need another app to choose from. And of course, leave those ratings, leave those reviews, leave us your five-star ratings, and take a screenshot of it and send them to us on our Twitter account so we can shout you out and show our love and appreciation for you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and on Twitch as well, both using the username LockedOnNittany. I am Kevin McGuire. 
Thank you so much for following along and listening to today's episode with me. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB and check out NittanyLionsWire.com for continuing Penn State coverage and discussion. You can also check out my contributions over on AthlonSports.com. And I also have the Patreon at Patreon.com slash KevinMcGuire. Now sit back, relax, listen to Locked On Big Ten, listen to Locked On Today. I will wish you all a great Tuesday. Let's come back and do it again tomorrow. Have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you all then. Bye.